How are we all doing? You doing all right? Nod your heads. Oh no, you've got masks on. I can't tell what's going on now. Can I have a quick practice? Can you show me your like neutral face? Oh, very nice. Good, good. Now show me your like frowny face you disagree with what I'm saying with. Right, okay, good. And what about your smiley, very humoured face? Exactly the same time for all three. Well done. Right, this is going to be hard. <laughs> right then, everyone, welcome at home. It's great to be here with you. Hope you're sitting comfortably. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I had the advantage as a, as a young person. I was the oldest sibling in my family. And there's this unwritten code that you can really mock your younger siblings. It's a great strength to have in life. And um, I got two younger brothers, and uh, my youngest, Alex, is about seven years between us, and Sean and I, when we started first going out, we were only like 14, so Alex was only like seven at the time, okay? And uh, he'd always come out with these funny words, so Alex there is the one on the left, with the Liverpool top on, there's me on the right, and then Sam in the middle after we had a little football game a few years ago. And Alex, he used to say some comical things when we were youngsters. And um, I remember as a small child, you know, when your parents go, you know, what noise does a cow do? Moo. What noise does a sheep do? Bah. What noise does a lamb do? To catch him out, he went, a lamb, a lamb, a lamb. <laughs> and uh, we still remind him of that. And he used to say loads of funny things. We asked him, when is your birthday? He says the same birthday as you, Claude, and do we? June the 20, is what he said. <laughs> And uh, he used to have this, his favourite little pink pig, and uh, he used to call it his Mig, because he couldn't say P when he was a, a youngster. And uh, we used to throw his pig back and forth, me and my other brother, and he used to go, my Mig, my Mig, give me my Mig. And uh, obviously, we're in our 40s now, we've outgrown that childish um, history. Have we not? No, we haven't. We remind him very often. But the best one, okay, and I take a bit of pride in this one, is obviously... When you're 14 or 15, you're in your peak physical condition, aren't you? And um, Alex said this one is very cute, and we remind him of this a lot. He went, when I grow up, I want to be like Adam. Muscles, good at running, and a beautiful girlfriend. Oh, it's cute, isn't it? <laughs> so the beautiful girlfriend is my wife, Sean, of course, which is lovely. So we do remind Alex quite often about that. <laughs> I know it's childish, isn't it? But anyway, but this beautiful girlfriend, which I love so much, okay? What about, you know, what do we find beautiful in life? Do we appreciate beauty in a person or in a place or in a piece of art or the countryside, a flowing river? What are the things we find beautiful in life? How about tiki-taka football? It's a, a thing of beauty. What about an organized cutlery drawer? Isn't that a thing of beauty? It's amazing. Now, I've got a picture here of a visit. We went to John Lewis in Bristol a few years ago, and I saw those Christmas baubles, and I was, like, wowed by it. The colours, the organisation. If I was to take anything away from it, it's like the bronze-coloured baubles are a bit high, and the lime ones are a bit low, so they're not level. That was the only negative to it, okay? But each of us, I believe, you know, the way we're wired and the way we're, you know, structured and how we think about things, we find beauty in different things in life and, and different people, etc., etc. So what I want to look at today is a little chapter from Acts chapter 3, okay, where we hear about Peter and John going up to a, a 3 o'clock meeting in, in the temple, and we hear that they go through the beautiful gate. So we're going to read that together this morning, okay, if you'd like to follow along in the words on the screen. 
So Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, and Peter said this, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. What an amazing God encounter. What an amazing God encounter. A man physically healed from having, from birth, not knowing how to walk. And his life is changed. A new beginning in an instant. You know, God is at work today and he can change lives in such a tremendous way. And we hear that this story takes place at the beautiful gate. And I find there's something like symbolic about this, about this story and the reality of a man's life changed. Now, the Greek adjective used in this um, beautiful word, okay, is horeios. It can be defined in two kinds of ways. Okay? One, beautiful, fair, lovely, and flourishing. And the other part of it, a happening or a coming at the right time, like the right hour. Something that's taking place just at the right time. So there's this like combined meaning to this encounter that happened at the beautiful gate. Now, some scholars believe that the word might refer more to ripeness than actually what we would like commonly know as beauty. So something amazing, fruitful, ripe has happened at the right time, and it is beautiful. It is amazing what has happened. So this man who has only known how to get by by begging for income, for his food and everything else, he's now been touched and changed by the amazing God in the name of Jesus. And the disciples were there in the right place at the right time, ready to be open to God. And when you read about it, it sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it? They're going up to do the normal kind of, yeah, we go for a prayer meeting like on a, on a Sunday afternoon or Saturday, whatever it was. And um, on that way, there's someone begging and, the, and this person wants money. And the guys, we know like in a previous chapter that the disciples had, you know, given their possessions and shared them one amongst another and for those who had need. And now, that's all they had left in them was doing the do, doing the daily, but in the power of God and in the openness of God and in the faithfulness of their lives. And they reach out and they give something to this beggar that no like natural thing is going to change, but the... the the instant impact of God into this man's life. And they just reached out in faith. And, I, you know, that would be a bit of a scary moment, wouldn't it, for, for us all to, for us to, like, have that faith to help someone in a condition like that. 
But you know what? God does want to move in our lives. You know, the disciples, the peoples, the, those at the time who were being changed by Jesus, everyone has that faith encounter where we can call upon the name of Jesus to see people he uh, healed, changed, and transformed in their lives. And it is a fantastic thing. And when we have a word, or when we have something that can bring change into someone's life, do you know what? Sometimes it could, it could happen just in a day-to-day, -day, but that time and that place could be just the right time to speak out, just the right time to bring hope to someone's life, just the right time where someone has got to the edge and they can't go on anymore. Something of God will bring something amazing into their lives. And this is so important for us to grasp hold of as people of faith and of those who have been changed by Jesus, that within us we have a life-changing, transforming word, experience, life, you know, within us, and we can bring that into those who don't know him yet. Going back just um, one or two years ago when we did the mission to Wales, where we went out as churches in the locality and throughout Wales, into the streets and into the city centres and the towns and the villages throughout Wales. And we were like going out and just sharing an easy word with people that, you know, God is alive and, you know, how would you feel about, you know, what do you think about God and about heaven and this kind of thing. And uh, there was lots of amazing experiences where people heard things for the first time or were prayed for for the first time. But there was lots of interesting things that happened as well. Now, Laura, Laura Bates, who got married here just a couple of weeks ago, who is now Laura Augustine, uh, her and I went out um, on the streets together, praying for people, etc., etc. And we went across this one um, moment where we were coming back all to meet together and share about what happened during the day. And we went and walked past Waterstones in Swansea City Centre, and there's a little picture of it there. And just down on the left-hand side there, there was a gentleman selling the big issue. And as Laura and I were walking past, literally as we were there, he got up off the ground, because he was sitting down at the time, and he went, whoa, like that with his back. And it kind of captured our attention. So Laura and I went over. I said, oh, hi, how's it going? We're just on the street today, da-da-da. Would you like us to pray for you? Because you've got a problem with your back and things. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll pray for your back. So we prayed for his back, and we spoke to him a bit about, you know, who Jesus is. And we, we, we were asking him, you know, about faith and, and where, he, where he was in all of that. And, you know, it made an instant impact in his life. He, he felt better, but the, the more interesting thing was, is like a spiritual part of his life kind of went kaboom and opened up. And, um, you know, now he, he goes to churches and, you know, he, he's found like a place of faith in his um, experience in life. And it's been an interesting journey. But what I want to just pick up on there is like you're just getting on your day-to-day -day basis and then you see like a need or something where we could bring something, or, you know, of a positive nature and something that God can do and bring change to someone's life and experience so you're going along your life, aren't you? You know, your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, etc. And all of a sudden, God can make a huge impact in that experience and in that journey. It says this in Proverbs 15, 23. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? I don't know about you, but if ever you've experienced being like in a situation and all of a sudden like a friend phones up or somebody texts you or you know, I was thinking about, oh, how was your day? How are things going? And you have this conversation. Have you ever experienced where someone has just spoken to you just at the right time, 
just, you know, the, the right encouragement has come along just at the right time or something that helps us in our thinking or in our situation or takes our kind of mind off that focus situation and helps us see the bigger picture. Let's be a people who can speak out words of encouragement, bring something new, something that can help people, that can bring, you know, help and healing. And this is true about, you know, bringing this message of salvation and it is true about bringing a word of encouragement into people's lives. And it is true about bringing a word that brings care into people's thinking. And it is true about friendship, that as we communicate, as we show love and express words of care and compassion and encouragement to one another, that really does help in life. And it is so important to do that. So that's one little thing we can learn from uh, Peter and John's experience here of going up to the temple. So the next thing that I wanted to look at and consider is, you know, Peter and John, you know, they were men. They were just men, you know, human beings, you know, with their failings and everything else, okay? But they stood in a place of faith and authority in Jesus' name. And that is something we can be encouraged by today, that in our walk in life, none of us are the perfect human being. You know, we look to live our lives like Jesus and, and you know, Ask God to, to mature us and develop our characters and strengthen us along the way. But I don't know about you, but I certainly experience slip-ups from time to time and, you know, attitudes that creep in and all the rest of it. But God still wants to use us as we're developing our characters, as we're stepping out in faith. God still wants to do amazing things in and through our lives. So we don't ever have to feel like we don't qualify to pray for someone, or we don't qualify to encourage someone. Now, Peter says this, which is I find interesting. I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll have what you, I, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. So, what is interesting here is this beautiful gate. Okay, is in a position where, and the, the um, culture at the time people would give alms, okay, which is like a charitable giving. It was part of, of the Jewish faith to give charitably, to give money, to give food, to give other donations to those in, in poverty and in need. So, you know, anyone who was looking to be begging or getting some sort of income because of their difficult situation, this would be the right place to be, to receive some sort of monetary benefit. So, I suppose Peter and John's kind of... Um, response to this chap was very, very different. And um, to say, you know, silver or gold I have not, but what I do have, I give to you, is such, you, you kind of feel the depth of it, don't you? You feel the depth of their warmth and their care and that, like their financial background or situation or, or standing in society, you know, that didn't, that wasn't in the mix at all. They were only interested in bringing care and compassion and healing into this uh, person's life. So there was a power and an anointing of God that, that they delved into. And it was far more life-changing than what temporary wealth can bring. So you know, what they were bringing to this man was a, was a life-changing, it was like day one is is. He was going to be able to walk and to be able to express himself in a way where he could go and, you know, just live life a bit more normally. So they brought something that was a huge, huge difference. And uh, in the book of Proverbs, you know, it would have been around a few hundred years, of course, from the Old Testament. And, 
you know, I don't know how much Peter and John would have known about, you know, what, what was written in Proverbs. But I wonder if there was any familiarity with like Proverbs 16, 16. I was reading this like a few weeks ago. And it says, it's how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. And this verse really struck me, you know, because there's a certain encouragement here to get our priorities right, the right way around in life, you know, that it's not, a, you know, the, the finances and the money and, and what we go for, you know, when we go for work and all that, and, you know, we need money to live on, of course. But there's just this expression of understanding what is more important than these things is to know the wisdom of God in our lives and to have a spiritual insight in our walk in life. And I'm sure Peter would have embraced, you know, the wisdom of history, the wisdom that was found in the Old Testament. And here we see him applying real life faith of Jesus in his day to day, that he was expressing the authority and the, and the power of God by reaching out and, and seeing this guy get healed. And it's like everything else was like put to the side for the then. And of course, this was so important for the gentleman's experience of life. That thank goodness there was a faithful Christian, a faithful witness, a faithful person who was going out in the, in the power of God who could actually step out in faith and bring change and bring a message of, of hope and a message of healing. So I'm sure, you know, that is such an amazing thing. And we read at the end, you know, this guy's like hanging on to Peter and John because of what's just happened. And it is a brilliant thing. So learning from history, being strengthened from history and seeing a real life faith in our day to day. And that is something we can take from Peter's and John's journey. And, you know, this is a journey of discipleship as well. Because we understand, anyone in, in life will understand that no matter how much material wealth or how much money is in the bank or whatever, we know that that doesn't bring happiness. We know that doesn't solve our problems and our issues. You know, there's many rich, rich, rich people in the world who still have the day-to-day -day human, you know, difficulties and upsets and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, so we know from that. But sure, I, I find this amazing, what it says in Proverbs, about how much better is to get wisdom than gold and insight rather than silver. So this is so important for us to know God's insight in life. So if I can just encourage us this morning with this like, second thing from this story, and it's the final thing, is to know God's insight in life, to know God's wisdom in life. When the challenges come along, we see what God wants to do in those situations. Now, the word for insight in this um, kind of verse here is like a Hebrew word, nahiru, and it means illumination or brighter, clearer. So we get God's insight, things become clearer when we know God's insight into a particular situation. So it says in Psalm 19105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So we can seek God for direction, for wisdom, and for guidance in our lives. So like Sometimes the world checks things at us which kind of shadows or blocks out a God insight into something. No, let's be people who stand against that and see God's wisdom and God's insight into our situations and into our circumstances. And that is so important. So in our journey of life and the different things that go on, it kind of reminds me of this little thing that I went on 
when I was 19, okay, it's called Exercise Wasp Tail, and it was like a team building exercise, all right? Where we used to do like, it was like three nights out in the Brecon Beacons, and we did all these like team building things that my company sent a few of us on it. And uh, this is a particular picture of the obstacle course that we were sent on in the, in the day. Like it was like the middle of the day, and you could preview the obstacle course as a team. So there was like six teams, and it was like six people in each team. And basically, it was just like a free-for-all. You'd go and run through this obstacle course. But you would work together as a team to, to you know, go through like the rivers and the, and the muddy pits and the, the, the ropes and the the barbed wire that you had to go under and all the rest. It was quite challenging. It was quite a long course, okay? But along the way, it was like a team effort and you'd preview it and all the rest of it. And right at the end, it was like, there was that drop. Can you see me just jumping in the water there? Now, that was quite deep, okay? So, like, you know when you're a little bit nervous and you have confidence as a youngster, I kind of said to the guys, look, listen, there's two things here with that river at the end or that pit at the end. One, if we want to win, that means I'm going to need to get through there. And number two, I'm going to die if I go in there. Okay, and that won't help because it was very deep and I'm rubbish at swimming, especially with clothes on like that. So thankfully, there was like a tall fireman and a tall policeman and a solicitor actually in our team, thank goodness, covered legally. <laughs> uh, I said, look guys, can you please grab me when we jump in the water or I'll be dead. <laughs> All right, so the, the, the good thing about the story is we actually did win and I didn't die. And they grabbed me by the collar, I remember it. I was so scared, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we got out one, which was brilliant. Now, that is like, that's in the daylight, okay? So you're going through obstacles and stuff, and you're working together as a team in the daylight. Now, I want to tell you about another challenge that I face on a more regular basis, but it's in the pitch dark, okay? Now, I don't know if any of you at home may have experienced this, or you may have experienced it here, but go into the toilet in the middle of the night. Oh my goodness, okay, right. So again, this, I'm just gonna explain the obstacle course in my house. I don't know if you've experienced a very busy time, like the laundry's built up, and there's like all things going on, you haven't had time to tidy up and all that, but from time to time, getting to this age now, sometimes you need to use the loo in the middle of the night without waking everybody up, okay? So basically our house quite often turns into a health and safety disaster zone. All right, so you wake up in the middle of the night. The first thing is you, you find yourself perched on the edge of the bed, six inches on the edge of the bed, with your wife's knees in your back. So the first thing, when you wake up, is like, do I roll back into the bed so I don't fall out, or am I going to fall out? So you get by that channel, and then you get up. And then you may have experienced this as well. It's like, what's going to happen now? So you're creeping through the bedroom, and there's, um, I always tell them, put your shoes away and all the rest of it, the whole family. You stamp on one shoe, and it knocks you off balance, and you trip over the second shoe. All right? So then you eventually get to the bedroom door and get out. And then our boys, when they hoover their bedrooms, we got like a PowerPoint by our door, and it's plugged in. Do they ever plug it back out? No. So there's a trip wire hanging right outside the edge of your door. So you stumble over the shoes, you got out onto the landing, the, ho the Henry Hoover has just tripped you up. <laughs> so then you eventually get to the bathroom door. This is a long illustration. You get to the bathroom door, and uh, you think, right, is there going to be any toilet paper in the toilet? Of course there isn't going to be any toilet paper in the toilet. And then on the edge of the worktop, they, they, they make themselves a pint of water to go to bed, but they don't take it in the bedroom. They leave it, like, perched on the edge of the worktop like that. So if you were about to nudge it, you're going to get the glass of water over you, okay? So, so you can imagine, you know, the obstacles that happened. And if you've already managed to get over the, the mound of 
um, you know, damp towels on the floor. You've done well. And what I like to do then is just before going back to bed is give my face a bit of a cool swish because it's been stressful going to the toilet. And then you do that, and then you reach out, you grab what you hope is a towel. Is it ever a towel? No, it's the old clothes from the day before from someone else to dry your face. Right, but anyway. <laughs> right, an obstacle course, Julian. And sometimes life can be a little bit like that. A bit of an obstacle course where we're stumbling around in the dark and we think it's going to be straightforward. But it's not. Things happen. There's some things which might come and trip us up. There are some things where you expect would be in place, but they're not. There are some things you just think are going to be easy and straightforward, but they take a bit of thinking. And when we know God and have his insight in life, and those obstacles come along, he helps us with wisdom. He helps us to make the right decisions to get by these obstacles and to get around them or to get through them or to, to move them out of the way. And that is godly insight, to be illuminated, that things are brought out into the, into the daylight. And sometimes, you know, the darkness and the things we stumble over can really hinder us in our life. But, you know, God wants to help us in this journey of life that we're in. And when we have our struggles, he wants to shine his love and his grace and his forgiveness into those areas and, and help us see with clarity and help us see the love of God in that situation, in our relationships, in our working environments, in our hopes and our dreams. And it, it is so good to see God at work in such a real way. So this morning, if you can remember to pursue godly insight and godly wisdom in life as the key things, not the pursuit of gold and silver. And I know a lot of this is like, you know, straightforward kind of things, but to know God's love and to know that, that, that he, he cares for us and wants to help us in that life journey, obstacles and all. I love this verse from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Now, trust is a heart issue, isn't it? And when we lean on something, we put our full weight on it, don't we? And from experience, if I always lent my full weight on my own understanding, I would be falling over quite a lot. But I've always got to find that balance of seeing things in God's wisdom and in God's sight. And kind of this whole submission thing can be a big challenge for many of us. Submitting our own decisions or our own motives or our own ways of wanting to do things. To submit that to God can be a challenge, but it is the best way forward. It is the best way forward. And I love the bit here where it says it makes your path straight. I really want an easy life. I want to have a straight life and a straight path and no obstacles. But, you know, it just doesn't happen like that. A straight path God can bring. But when we, the obstacles come along, he does want to help us through them and get over them and around them and everything else. So that is good. And of course, Jesus said these wonderful words in John 10. We read them. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And God wants us today and for our futures to have life to 
enjoy it and have it to the full, okay? To trust in him, to know his insight and his wisdom in our lives. So just like Peter and John and this nameless lame beggar, they gained something incredible in their lives of much more value than what gold and silver could bring. Salvation, healing, a physical change, a spiritual change, and this insight of the kingdom of God at work. And that's what Jesus is doing and wants to continue to do in our lives for us to know his wisdom and his strength. Because when we speak out and live out our lives, there is like an eternal consequence to that. We can bring a change to someone's life that makes an eternal consequence. So why do we close our eyes? And I'll pray and hand back over to Chloe. Yes, yeah, so we thank you so much that um, reading through this um, story and situation where Peter and John brought a word of faith and you brought healing into this person's life, Lord. We too are recipients of a life-changing time and event and we live in the fruit of that now, Lord. We thank you for your forgiveness and your love. We thank you we can live a life of faith and we continue to pray for your wisdom and your insight in our lives, Lord. As we come to live our lives, we would see things through your lens and through your viewpoint. That we would know peace and love and encouragement in our own lives and in the lives of those around us, Lord. I pray that you would give us strength, that you would give us perseverance, that we would know your um, love in our lives, Lord. Because you give out so much and we're thankful to you. Help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Close.